That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like the master in the, you know, had one. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Package Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Zvonovitz, joined as always with Kyle Tarkowski, but not today. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but lucky for everyone here, uh, we do have a replacement this week, and his name is Hank, my one of my best friends, Hank. Hank, welcome, welcome to the program. It is so nice to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Hank. Uh, I love Hawaiian shirts, hard bodies, and a good hot dog. There we go. Yeah, well, that's a nice little introduction. Hank, and you're, you're a fan of the Packers and even a fan of the podcast. I, I believe you do listen most weeks, right? Yeah, I, I mean, almost all weeks. To be quite honest, I did miss the week, uh, both weeks after the last two NFC Championship games. Oh, God. Um, I think I spent most of that week on my couch. Um in my aunt's basement okay and so i you know i finally have been able to come out into the light again which has been really nice cool um you know draft day got me down a little bit um you know <laughs> yeah yeah the the rise and grind season without you know just the off season the summer i don't even like the summer when i don't have football to look forward to um and then the whole summer was cut up with aaron Rodgers news so i i don't know how I'm feeling, I'm still assessing. Okay. Um, I feel like it's been there's been a lot of healing, and I feel like I am maybe a micro study of the different kind of healings that maybe have been happening in Lambeau Field. Wow. At least that is what I'm what I'm hoping. Well, I did not uh, expect you to go down such a hole there with your grieving. I guess we all grieve differently, and that's I'm. It's good to hear that you're doing better. I guess you know. Um, cause Hey, the Packers are doing better too. And I'm sure that helped you out mentally as well, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I will never claim to be a logical fan. I, I won't even, you know, claim to like know a lot about football generally, but I'm very in touch with how I feel, ah, you know, and okay. you know, I'm a man, I'm a man of feeling. I, I always have said, and, and I was feeling real bad. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's good to be feeling better. Um, and it's good to be on my favorite podcast of all time. I mean, it, it's wow. such an honor. And, um, you know, I wish I wish I could, you know, hang up. Maybe someday I'll be able to hang out with Kyle, too. I just, you know, that would be also an honor. I've always said I'm, like, honestly kind of a huge Kyle fan. Yeah, no, um, I, most are. Yeah. So I am, too. I'm also, yeah, huge Spencer fan. But, like... <laughs> It, it is the chemistry that I, I do long for that. So Yeah, well, that, that's a good segue because we, uh, as as I alluded to, Kyle is not in on this episode. We And unfortunately, we are in a bit of a holdout with, with Kyle. Um, we're trying to work out a new deal. You know, he uh, I'm hoping he'll be back for the start of the season, but we'll see. You know, I've, I've kept trying to contact him to set up a time to record. I don't think he took uh, the last recording 
very well that, you know, I replaced him for a week. I was planning to still record on that Sunday, but that didn't happen because, you know, he went nuclear mode, as did Aaron Rodgers on draft night. So we'll see. We're still working through it. You know, I sent him a nice text where I edited the Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers original tweet, and he sent back an image of Rodgers at the Kentucky Derby looking out, you know, just thinking. So hopefully that's a sign that he'll be back. But if not, you know, we'll we'll figure it out and, and go from there. I would I will say this. You're handling this with much more class than Mark Murphy <laughs> handled the Rogers situation. Okay. And to that I think Kyle has to be thankful. I hope. And and I, I just haven't even wanna, called him a complicated fellow yet. Yes, yes. You know, and like the best the best fellows are a little bit complicated. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be a simpleton, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, like I just wanna let everyone know I'm not replacing Kyle. Think of me more as like a sound guy. Like I will carry <laughs> the water for these two into the desert, wherever they go. So um, I don't even know how to do sound stuff, but I would learn. Perfect. Well, as long as you're committed, you know, that's that's half the battle that we want. I could use my uncle's computer. <laughs> okay. And it's from what I hear, it's, it's nice. Um, yeah. It's nice. Uh, a gateway. And uh, it's it really will pack the punch. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the top of the line computers nowadays. Very very good, Hank. Okay, well moving on, we do have Packers stuff to talk to talk about as well. Uh, this episode, obviously, all the preseason games are now done. The last time we recorded, we didn't even have a preseason game yet, so we'll briefly go over all the position groups again as quick as we can. But you know, cover cover as much as we can with. With all the games, all the positions. After that, we'll have a little take news talking about Adam Schefter and Twitter in general, how it's kind of turned into like everything's just so freaking extreme nowadays. We'll have some other dumb stuff at the end, you know. It looks like we'll talk about the NFL Top 100 and then we'll have our nice little outro. But first, why don't we jump right into it? The, the biggest name of this summer, the thing everyone's been looking forward to, and that is Jordan Love. So, right off the top, I guess. We'll say this, the Packers are 0-3. They lost to the Texans 7-26. They lost to the Jets 23-14. And they lost to the Bills 0-19. But those don't really matter. Jordan Love played in two of those games. So, you know, initial thoughts. Uh, Hank, what did, what did you think of Jordan Love in these in this preseason action? You know, I, I just love Love. And okay. I, I'm not going to even talk about him slinging it. I mean, I would... That one, that one throw that he had, uh, I guess it was what yesterday yep. when the interception. Obviously, is a tough throw, you know. Um, and you throw those in Madden all the time. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of like whatever. It's preseason. You're just trying it out, you know. If he, if you know, if Malik Taylor catches that ball, it's a different story. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't give much of a. Ch- it was one of those. <laughs> It, it's fun because we're so <laughs> watching that game and that play specifically. We're so accustomed to Aaron Rodgers where when you say Jordan Love, like cock back and lob it up deep, you're like, oh, someone must be wide open. And then you look, it's like there are only <laughs> there are only Bill's bodies back there for the most part. But it was it was it, it was a nice change of pace from the first game, at least yeah. where he was a lot more. Well, and I have a take for that, too. You know, OK, like, we'll shoot it off. You know, like. I mean, a dog gets hungry. Yeah. And he had to sit out the week before. Yeah. And then he had the drive that stalled because Jay Sternberger can't block <laughs> for yeah. AJ Dillon. Yep. Um, and so he was just hungry and he was kind of in like 
F it Friday mode, you yep. know? And he was like, I'm just going to throw this sucker up and we're going to get it. Um, and I think we've all been there at some point Yeah, we're, we're just like, let, let it rip, yeah. you know? Um, and that's what Coach LaFleur was asking him for do, which is something Bankert was doing more so early on than, than Love. And he did rip it, but maybe a little bit too much on that one play. Yeah, it was tough. I'm not saying it was a good throw, but, you know, when he threw it, I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> but but even the, I, I think to get back, that was kind of off topic a little bit. But, you know, I really I really love love at the presser. Um, you know, I and like I like how kind of like cute and timid he is dull yeah i i don't even it's not even it is a little dull but like i don't know it's just like hey man i kind of want to be your friend yeah and and like i kind of want (laughs) to hang out with you he like seems like someone that's like maybe like i don't even know if it's like a confidence thing but it's like this really kind of passive um thing but you, you you have this impression like if you talk to him he's gonna be like Mad smart. Like, Mad, yeah. Well, it's he, he's an interesting cat because we don't know anything about the dude. It's almost like we we don't, but we almost know more about Kurt Banker just because of his social media presence and the way he's very open in his pressers. Where, And it's, it's something that we'll get into pretty quick here, too, with just the quarterback room. But something that Aaron Rodgers has brought up is, well, for one, everyone on the team just about who's been asked about Jordan Love has said how he is a lot more confident this year, which is kind of funny when you see him in the pressers and he's just kind of dull, like I described him. You you said, you know, you described him a little bit differently. But one thing that Rogers has said is that Love doesn't ask a lot of questions, but he knows he's listening. But Kurt is the guy asking a lot of questions in the meeting room and on the field and such. So I know two different ways to to um, learn as a quarterback, I guess. But what with with love, I guess I'll go into my take here now too. I I entered this preseason, I don't want to say as a hater, but I'm still caught up in this. Why in the hell did we one draft him? But two, everything leading up to it too, with Aaron Rodgers being the MVP of the league and so on. But he's shown me enough through the preseason now where I'm going to be a lot more lax when it comes next season when Aaron Rodgers is probably going to get traded and Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback. I think he showed enough, you know, to to grow off of. And something that was nice, too, for someone who hadn't played, you know, in two years pretty much, usually these young guys run around and you see that with Kurt Banker and you've saw, seen it with Justin Fields, too, as well with the Chicago Bears. I'm very impressed with how much Love sticks in the pocket for a young guy you you'd think the opposite and even with you know he chucked it up staying in the pocket late when he's running out of it but that's kind of impressive and it seems like okay he is a very calm guy for a rookie kind of like what you're talking about in his pressers too so yeah yeah i i think i you know totally agree i mean it it was kind of strange how put together he looked and i think even just coming out of like last year's training camp and hearing about kind of all maybe like those struggles that he was having or just like not a lot of reps too. Yeah. I just expected to see kind of a, a deer in headlights all the time. Yeah. Um, and there was like really only that one throw um, yesterday that that felt that way to me. Um, even even when he was getting like, you know, he had people screaming off the edge, like he would dump it to uh, running back tight end. Um, yeah. That, and just yeah. seeing him make those decisions, I think, I mean, it seems like a lot of stuff he has to be taking in from Aaron, mm-hmm. um, which has been really, really fun to watch. I, 
I liked, I didn't like the love pick. I, I obviously, when it happened, it would upset me. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I've always been kind of like hopeful that he will kind of develop into what people have said, you know? Um, it, it, it's so tough. And we'll, we'll get into that later with, mm-hmm. with take news, but it's, it's a weird kind of, like, we don't know how good we have it right now. Like, we went out of our way to turn into the Chicago Bears almost. You know what I mean? Where it's like everyone else could have drafted Jordan Love if they wanted to, but we decided to do that and move away from Aaron Rodgers where it's like anyone else would kill to be in the opposite position and have Aaron Rodgers on their on their team locked up for, you know, three more years. But I, I guess I'll throw this out there too for his stats. I mean, I think everyone knows he was fine. But he was 24 for 35, 271 yards, one touchdown, one pick, a pass rating of 89.1. That first preseason game, I wasn't as impressed. He had the one scoring drive, which was nice. He had the screen touchdown. But the six other drives he had had a total of 26 total yards, which is a little concerning. But once again, it's preseason. It's You don't look at the stats. You look at how he looked and how he threw. And overall, I thought he was more impressive than not impressive. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that even him not playing in the third quarter yeah. that uh, first game. Just it, that that to me is kind of like he was just kind of getting into the swing of yeah. everything. And, and then he got banged up. And then he got banged up. And to me, that that is like was harder to see him miss than that second game because um, it felt like something was about to happen or like, yeah. or like a good drive was about to happen. I don't know. I, I was just – I was – it seemed like he was just very in control. Besides the strip sack fumble, (laughs) but, but besides that, I mean, we'll revise history a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, we'll see. And I guess I think he's going to make the 53 man roster. Someone who might not Kurt Banker. We can talk about him quick. I'm a Kurt Banker fan. It's hard not to root for the guy one way or another. Um, I thought he's been rather impressive. A lot of people, so especially that first game, he looked good. He just came out and ripped it. Took took what was there. He's thrown a couple picks, but I just like seeing him go out there. I mean, he really is like a mini Brett Favre, obviously not with that much of an arm. But getting back to the roster breakdown here, a lot of people are back and forth if he'll make the squad. Most people think that we'll cut him and he'll make it on the practice squad. Others are wondering if the Falcons would scoop him up since their backup recently tore his ACL, and so they need to replace him. I'm of the mindset... Going back to what I said earlier, too, I think we're going to keep Kurt Banker on the 53-man roster, if for nothing else. And this is me being a fan over analyzing the little bits of information that I get. Aaron Rodgers saying that Kurt Banker is the guy that asks questions in the meeting room. I think you want him in that meeting room just, just because of that kind of chemistry that they seem to have right now, where it's obviously Love, Banker, and Rodgers all kind of bouncing ideas off each other. Love sitting back listening. Kurt's asking more questions. And, you know, if you move on from Kurt, you're going to have to have someone else in that room. And that's kind of a variable that I don't know if the team would want to bring in this late or early into, you know, the season. So I think they might lean that way. What do you what do you think about Kurt? Yeah, um, I I guess I have two things. I mean, I would echo what you said. It's been I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised with what he's brought um, so far in like training camp and then in the preseason games. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been fun to watch, and I think he's been fun to watch off the field too. Yeah. Um, I also think that Jordan Love is going to need a backup next year, and to have someone you know who's yes. solid behind him is going to be, and someone that he has rapport with 
like that will be that will be very valuable yeah and so like that is kind of my thought why he gets kept around um my my second thought is the team just needs more esports, <laughs> yeah. you know, personalities. Yeah, yeah. So I it, I think that that is kind of like the Packers need to think about like their their brand, yes. but they also need to think of their digital brand. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Kurt only helps that. Yeah, he, he really does. I mean, I remember the first time I ever came across him, it was on I think Twitch. Yep. Um, and he was playing himself in Madden. And it was he was like a sixty five, but it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, so. he's yeah because MVS used to be the big Twitch guy for the team, and now I know it's MVS, uh, AJ Dillon, and Kurt Banker. But yeah, that's a good point. One other thing I'd bring up too, and people have argued the opposite. I've heard like I don't I, I forget who said it, but I know John John Meerding for um, Blue Fifty Eight has said it. It's like if you get to Kurt Banker, your season's kind of fucked, anyways. And I would argue that well. You you would want Kurt Banker in that in that instance if bo- if Rogers and Love both go down and let's say Rogers breaks his collarbone again or whatever and he's going to be out a few weeks you'd rather have a Kurt Banker than someone off the street sure you might think the season's gone to shit but we literally went through the same thing back in 2013 with Scott Tolzien and Seneca Wallace and Matt Flynn saving the season and it's like when we're in a in Super Bowl or bust type year you might as well give that last roster spot to someone like her banker, so he doesn't get scooped up on another team. And then if the worst thing happens and you're scrambling for another quarterback, you're not picking up someone from the street. Well, and I, I just think, you know, going back to the Brett Hundley years, oh, God. Um, and not even saying that, like, Bankard is better than Brett Hundley, because, like, Brett Hundley has had a couple of games since he's left the Packers. You know, that could have also been more of the chaos of the situation, you know, with the end of the McCarthy era. <laughs> yeah. But... But I do think that what we saw with Brent Hundley is just like how much Adams thrived still in right. that situation. And so that was the biggest takeaway with him. Yeah. Yeah. So like having a quarterback that can just throw the ball somewhere in the vicinity of Adams seems <laughs> yeah. to be like maybe the plan. And it, it's yeah. And it's such a good offense. You should be able to plug anyone in there to do halfway decent. That's one of the biggest arguments for why Jordan Love, you know, he hasn't he wasn't phenomenal in the preseason. But you have to think of how he'd look like with actual starters and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I think too that like I trust LaFleur's system yeah. to to have a worse quarterback, you know, in ways that I didn't trust McCarthy's system. Right. And we could even we haven't lost Rodgers under LaFleur with injury at all, but we have lost Devontae Adams and we've seen that the offense can keep rolling even when you miss a large piece like that. So moving on, uh to the running backs. This has been, you know, at, it's funny how at the beginning of, the, of camp, we thought there was a lot of battles um, going on at pretty much every position group, but everything's pretty, pretty tight right now where I think there's, there's only about four real spots in question. Uh, running back is not that anymore. Good bets to make the roster. Obviously, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and now Kylan Hill is probably all but locked up his spot. Guys probably getting cut, Dexter Williams and Patrick Taylor. Um, I've said this before, but... Dexter Williams, it kind of sucks for him. He's a third-year player now, and it looks like he's finally put it together. Uh, unfortunately, he's going to get cut, probably be on the practice squad. Practice squad. Kylan Hill, though, he's obviously been kind of one of the talks of, of training camp. The seventh-round draft pick af- out of uh, not out of Ole Miss. I believe it's Ole Miss. Um, he's been great. Number 32, he reminds me of Brandon Jackson, but an explosive Brandon Jackson where 
He's great at catching it. You know, he's, like I said, he's explosive. He's a good kick returner, it seems to. His running is all right. I'm sure it'll only improve over time, kind of like Brandon Jackson. He was, what I always said with Brandon Jackson, is he was the best running back at everything but running the ball. Because even, you know, someone like Dexter Williams had a better average this preseason than Kylan Hill, but Kylan Hill, every time he touches the ball, he's just so explosive. Yeah, and he really does seem to kind of sniff out the end zone when he gets, yeah. you know, within the red zone. It's like he just kind of has a knack for angling his way in there. That, that screen I, pass that he scored on was phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, even yesterday, it was like when him and A.J. Dillon were kind of taking turns at the end there, um, or like at one of, the end of one of those drives that they ultimately didn't score on. It was like you'd have A.J. Dillon just – They'd stack the box, and then he would just bowl his way for yeah, four yeah. yards. And then Kylan Hill would come in, and he would be able to kind of, like, slash. And he got, like, a, like one of the carries was, like, 10 yards. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it was really kind of fun to watch those two, the dynamic. And maybe that's kind of a preview of what we see with, like, Dylan and Jones on the field. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I, I hope it's something like that. Yeah, people have already said Hill is, like, a mini Aaron Jones. Well. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I assume Patrick Taylor and Dexter Williams will get cut. I, I think Dexter will be back on the practice squad, but I mean, you can find a running back just about everywhere. Yeah, all I'll say about uh, Dexter is it will be tough to see if uh, Dexter's cut and EQ is cut. We are losing two elite names. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that now because you, you brought that up yesterday when we were talking. They are two very elite names, but I would, and I think both of them are going to get cut. Do you, do you know EQ's first his full name yes but <laughs> i'm not gonna be the one i know it's like imhotep yeah but I, I didn't say that right um and i think he was named after like egyptian gods right is that what it is i think it, i think all of his family was and uh this is me recalling information that i cannot tell you where i found but yeah. that's what i believe his name is aquimius tristan j st brown that is his full name he also has his uh younger brother who is now a receiver for the for i almost said the lightning for the lions but yeah i, th- I think we're gonna lose out on him but th- what i wanted to bring up is the guy who we just signed recently Oh, so it's just it's just Economius Tristan St. Brown. I believe so. Oh, I thought it was something longer. You must be thinking of an, another player. who Maybe has his brother. But I, I wanted to bring uh, this guy up. Um, God, where is he here? Oh, we signed Roger, Roger Sturman. The corner, um, he, he was an undrafted guy. We literally signed him a day before the game, and he actually played this week, too. That first name or last name? That is his first name. Really? And this is this is the Bill Huber uh, wrote up about him. On his name, that's also his father's name, and his grandmother created it from the names Roy, Jeff, Terry, and Sherman. And as uh, Rogersman said, 100% were the only Rogersmans in the world. So it's literally just a combination of four different names. Well, we are, I mean, you lose, you lose some and, and you win some. And I think that's kind of the situation. Right? Yeah. And we're getting, you know, I guess we're losing two and then we're getting one of the strongest names in the world. Yeah. So, it, which can only help our names. name stock. Yeah. And he's probably going to make the practice squad. We'll see. But, and I mean, that's not to say we still have some great names. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Very true. Great name. Beautiful name. It, it feels good when you say it. Yep. Well, that's perfect. Hey, that's a perfect segue. We'll roll right into the wide receivers. Um, 
we'll probably keep between five and seven. Marquez Valdez Scantling is one of those guys. Well, hell, Alan Lazard. Lazard's a good name too. Lazard is a good name. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, and like, I guess, yeah. And Alan Lazard. I mean, those two sound really good together too. That's that's yeah. pretty true. Yeah. With with the receivers, I think we know who's going to stay. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams, MVS, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. We thought this would be more of a battle with the talent that has shown up at the back end of the wide receiver position between Malik Taylor, Reggie uh, Bagleton, and Juwan Winfrey. Winfrey was the big talk of training camp at the beginning, but he's been out with injury the last two weeks. It's looking, especially after the preseason, that Malik Taylor is going to be the sixth man. He can play special teams. He also led all receivers in the preseason and receiving yards hard to see us go any other way and one last thing to add we did cut uh Devin Funches I I still a lot of people thought he was clearly going to make the 53 I still struggle with that because I don't know what he brought that we didn't already have and he's kind of an expensive guy I was hoping he was going to be healthy and we can move him for a late round draft pick at the end of the camp but what do you what do you think of the wide receiver position well Devin fun while it lasted Ooh, wow that is that is a pretty good dad joke. That that that's like a joke I would make. That's very impressive there, Hank. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh but I mean otherwise I do think that I kind of agree with you. I think that Malik Taylor probably proved that he was going to be that last yeah. spot. I still it it's strange cuz it seems like the Packers have put a lot of investment into EQ over the last yeah I, what is it like three is it four years now or is it three years this i believe this is their fourth year four yeah. years him, yeah. him and mbs yeah and, and like and it's it, i know the first season he did pretty well yeah uh, he had he yeah. had he was flashes, probably the most impressive of the rookies yeah but it, it is it does it it's going to be strange seeing that kind of like that experiment just turn off because i it, now i'm just like always expecting oh eq is coming back from yeah. ir you know like maybe he'll do something he, he it's something too because i even remember on the pat mcafee show last year when like pat brought up oh eq is coming back and roger said nice things but he didn't say there's a difference between coach speak and saying actual like compliments and he's i've never really heard any compliments the, th- the only thing you ever hear on eq is how athletic he is and that's always he was a big body fast and that's it and it's like well he's never been able to put it together and i've said this a billion times now but he did drop the two-point conversion in the nfc championship game that one jay kumaro probably would have caught and it's to that point now where it's like okay he's had enough time i'm fine with going with a smaller guy like malik taylor than eq yeah i kind of was out on eq after the two-point conversion so i have a friend who loves eq and hates mbs and so all the they, like anytime MVS is brought up, they'll talk about how just much how much, you know, better, like much more potential EQ has. And all I all I say back now is two point conversion. <laughs> and you know who didn't drop any balls that game? MVS. MVS. He's he was, as we said on the podcast, the best player in the playoffs for the Green Bay Packers. To, really seemed like to it. quote a hero of mine, the MVS Express. Oh, God. Oh, God. I hope Kyle's listening. I really do. Uh, moving on to tight end, uh, I don't think we have to talk about too much here. Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Dominic Daphne are all pretty good bets to make it. They're probably going to be the only ones. Jay Sternberger, I don't know how much we need to talk about him. Talking about good names, one of the best names on the team as well. But God, he is just... if There's no better example of playing yourself out of the league than Jay Sternberger. I feel like such an old curmudgeon man saying this, but it's like even early on on like Instagram, like... 
I remember going into his second year, he was he was posting pictures of like his outfits, like getting ready for the season. It's like, dude, what are you like? You still need to become a player first before you're doing all this. He had he had COVID early on, which is whatever. I don't I don't know how much you can say about that. He obviously ha- has the two game suspension coming up because he took antidepressants and drank and drove. Just a lot of mistakes, and it's really bad when Justin Outen, the tight end coach, called him out after he had a good preseason game saying that Jace is still learning the playbook, and he's in year three when a guy like Dominique Daphne, who was undrafted, came in and walked right in front of him. So I don't know how much more we have to talk about the ginger tattooed uh, Machine Gun Kelly. No, you know who I would say Jace Sternberger is? Who? Great value Tifu. Who's Tifu? Tifu is a streamer. Oh yeah, okay. great value, Tifu. <laughs> Jace does stream as well. I forget. Yeah, about no, that. line them up side by side. Um, that's what I've always thought. I always okay. Yeah, I'll, like, have, I'll have to look so that up. The then. Packers went to Walmart and <laughs> they had a look. It, it yeah, I'll, I'll have to look that up. And Jace, he's one of those guys too, where it's like his career with the Packers is probably done. I don't know if we'll cut him or keep him on for the two games just in case someone else gets hurt. But he he needs a change of scenery, and it sucks because he could turn it on with a different team if he gets his shit together, but it's just not going to happen with the Packers. Yeah, and and I was really excited when they drafted Jace, and I, w- I was like, too, I yeah. thought I thought that, you know, I was excited even like some of the stuff that he would flash. When he would flash, it was exciting. And it's sad because I know that he has had some – you know, big, yeah. he's taken some big hits and big lumps. Yeah, and, unfortunately, yeah. And, um, but I, I tell you, like watching yesterday in my aunt's basement, mm-hmm. I was, I was pulling out the computer. I was ready to get on Facebook and start firing up some Jace comments on the uh-huh. Packers website. Uh-huh. You know, I, I was, oh, I, w- I was not having a good time. But you didn't hit send or did you hit send? Well, the gateway, the gateway was <laughs> humming. Okay. It was humming. You the know, fan was going. The, the fan was going, and I, you know, I, I got about a paragraph in, and it was dinner time. I was like, I, I better eat first and cool yeah. off a little bit, and you know, then I, then I came back down, and it died. The okay. computer died. That makes sense. Okay. Well, I guess maybe one day we'll hear your uh, your amazing Jay Sternberger takes. Other than that, only last thing I I bring up is uh, Bron. Bronson Kafusi, a guy who Aaron Rodgers has brought up as one of his favorite guys from camp. He's probably not going to make it. Uh, he's a BYU guy. Big body, big blocker. He's probably a shoe-in for the practice squad if he doesn't make the roster. But Tom Silverstein did say that he he put it out more as a joke, but he was like, what if the Packers cut Mercedes Lewis to keep Kafusi? And it would be hilarious. One, I don't think they'll do it. That would be terrible if they did. But on top of that, it would be hilarious for Goody to be like, well, you said you like Kafusi. I kept him. Are you really going to be that mad that Big Dog's gone? But I don't know. We don't. That's not going to happen. I think Lambo would burn. I, I I don't. Yeah. I I think I think it would burn. I without I Big I, Dog. I don't want to see what would happen. So hope, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't even want to put my mind there. Yeah. There. That Aaron Rodgers. You know, he might lay the gas, but there's there's a bunch of fans coming with torches. <laughs> True. That's a good point. Moving on to the offensive line. Uh. We kept nine guys last year. It's kind of back and forth if we're going to have 10. Um, good bets. Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Myers, uh, Billy Turner, Royce Newman, and John Runyon Jr. Possible cuts. I mean, you could still realistically, John Runyon could. He was a sixth-round pick last year. But it comes down to Lucas Patrick, Cole Van Lannan, Dennis Kelly, Ben Braden, and Yosh Nyman. All of them are pretty solid 
specimens, whichever way you want to look at it, Cole Van Lannan is probably the most likely to get cut of that group. After that, it's really tough, and I'm going back and forth. Like I said, um, you know, Rudding's probably shoo-in to at least compete for that left guard spot early on. And, but it's between him and Lucas Patrick, and especially after Jake Hansen yesterday snap, having some terrible snaps. That only helps Lucas Patrick's case to make the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, John Runyon seemed to hold up well last year, too. Yeah. From what from what I remember. I thought he was um, going to be clearing away the best guard going into training camp, so it's kind of surprising that Royce Newman has kind of taken that role. Yeah, yeah, it is it is pretty wild so um i mean i love john runyon senior so just on account of that i'm cheering for john runyon jr it was one of those when we took john runyon last year and then i saw his father it's like oh yeah damn i do actually remember that guy watching like sports center in the morning in middle school like for some reason like that because he played for the eagles i believe for the longest time but yeah we'll, there's we'll see. there's been some really great kind of legends children showing up in the last couple years it's um, it's weird yeah i mean even You're, like i'm Asante, feeling old now it's a 29 year old samuel man. jr too Win, and winfrey jr and then with the bucks was, winfield jr winfield jr yeah yeah winfield yeah. jr Duh, not you just said that right yeah okay yeah i, I well i i said winfrey which oh, I, I got well, screwed packers up with always winfrey. on your always on your mind that's all the exact, time that's exactly it yeah for, for the cuts, I don't know what's going to happen. I, right now, for the back end, I see us keeping Lucas Patrick, Ben Braden, and I think it's going to be Yosh. I, I think we're going to cut Cole Van Lannan, and I think we're going to cut Dennis Kelly, which is weird. The vet, the veteran guy, uh, he started all, all the games for the Titans last year at right tackle. He has $250,000 guaranteed to him, but Yosh is so cheap and such a high upside. He was the highest graded Pass blocking offensive tackle, I believe, in the preseason. So it's a guy you want to bring. I bring did not. Back. I did not catch that. Yeah, it's it's weird because, and I brought it up before on Twitter too. How Yosh, the one sack he let up all preseason was the one that got Jordan Love hurt, and everyone looked at that and said, "Oh my God, Yosh is having a terrible training camp." But the coaches have only said good things about I, him. I was it, I was one of those people. Yeah. I was one of the sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't be a sheep. You have to listen to what the coaches say. I mean, maybe we'll be wrong and he'll be cut tomorrow, but we'll see with Dennis Kelly. I I think they'll keep nine or ten there, but we'll we'll see with that. But also, Yosh keeps the name game strong. That's true. That We'll have to look at that with, with the cuts. Because, <laughs> yeah, you don't run into many Yoshes, and I guess we'll have to learn exactly how to yeah, say it's nine. It's the only Yosh I've ever heard of, to be quite honest, besides uh, the, the famous Yoshi. Yeah, well... Hopefully six around, and then we can get some better nickname from him. But that's it for the offense. We will have a quick commercial break. Aha, gas prices getting you down. Have you been looking for a more environmental alternative? <laughs> Greetings there, folks. This is Leonard Bushnell III. Me and my kin been in the automotive selling business since my grandpappy opened his first lot at the turn of the century. But since losing my license to sell cars, I've sold my entire stock of fine automobiles and purchased a superb cachet of God's most wondrous creatures, the mighty horse. <laughs> I got big horses, small horses, horses that climb on rocks, draft horses, thoroughbreds, and even some spotted ones. So come on down to the Bushnell Family Corral and get you one. We're located at 14th and Dixie, or you can just follow the smell. 
All right, and we are back talking about the defense. So, hey, the defense, you know, if you're one of those idiots that are pissed that the Packers lost all the all three preseason games, at the same time, you could just look at the points and say, hey, well, at least the defense is pretty good because they didn't let up any points throughout the whole preseason, you know. But I guess looking at the actual players, we'll start off at cornerback. Um, we'll run through the guys who are for sure making it. Jair, Kevin King, Eric Stoke, Shannon Sullivan. After that, all the guys that are kind of right on the edge are Shamir, Gene Charles, Isaac, and I did not say that name right. There's no way in hell. Uh, the guy from Appalachian State, the late round draft pick. Isaac Yadam, who is the new player that we traded um, away, Josh Jackson received him. Uh, Kibion Ento and Rogersman Ferris and Steven Denmark, who apparently was actually like the best corner we had this past week, and we literally signed him a day before the game as well. Um, very quickly, last year we kept six. Like I said, the guys who are sure bets are Jager, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan. So after that, really only two real spots. I think uh, SJC, we'll stick with that. It's a little easier to say. He hasn't performed that great in training camp, but more than anything, um, Gray, the defensive back coach, has talked him up a, a shit ton. So I think he kind of makes it in that way. He does have a higher pedigree just with more talent. After that, I think it's going to be Isaac Yodum, the guy that we traded for. He he was drafted in the same draft as Josh Jackson we traded him for. Um, he was a third-round draft pick. He's not very good in coverage, but he's a decent tackler, and he plays special teams, and I think that's what will get him on the roster. But other than that, what do, what do you think of the cornerback position? Yeah, you know, I, I think I probably agree with is it you said Yodum Yodum yeah it's yeah it's Yada Yodo he's, he's fresh enough where we're still learning yeah I'm not great with names to begin with yeah Hank. but but yeah I mean so I think that um I think that he just with like veteran experience too like not not yeah. that he played a ton of games but he does have he does have more you know experience than all the other guys and you know the one that I really liked this year, and I know he probably like I don't think he played super well yesterday. With but Ento, and he was yeah. he was the wide receiver that converted, yep. right? Yep. And he did have the interception in the first preseason game. That's true. It, it's it's still I'm getting used to, it, and it goes with him too. It's like because he's number forty eight or forty six or something, just an ugly ass number. And it's like they just look so much slower when they're back there. Where I'm assuming he's a linebacker when he makes a pick. I'm like, oh wow, that's a great. That was an amazing play for a linebacker. And it's like, oh, shit, that's right. It's it's Ento. Yeah, and if we know anything about uh, numbers and how Rodgers thinks about them, we know that that number is not working in his favor. Remember last year on the McAfee show when he was talking about giving guys ugly numbers? That's right, yeah. Deep that's, cut. That's right, yeah. Oh, very good. Well, I guess I got Don't let anyone ever tell you I'm not a Rodgers fan, even <laughs> though I love love. Okay, well, that that's very fair. Yeah, we'll, we'll see with the cornerback position. I don't... I'm not really getting too bent about it because all these guys are kind of the same thing where none of them are all that talented and whoever we cut aside from Yadam probably is probably whoever we want will be back on the practice squad. Uh, moving on to the safety position. Last year we kept five and it's probably going to be similar to that this year. Good bets, Amos and Savage and more than likely Henry Black. After that, it's Vernon Scott who's been hurt the last couple weeks and Christian Upoff, the undrafted guy, um, God, is he from BYU as well? I forgot where he's from. And then Enos Gaines. Enos Gaines is a pretty fun story. People have talked about him recently. He tore, he tore, he's torn his ACL twice. He went undrafted. His college didn't even have a pro day. 
He didn't get signed until late la- after the season was over for the Packers. He they talked about how he did DoorDash in the off season and when he was training, and then he's came in and he's made a bit of a name for himself. The first preseason game, he had a really nice special teams tackle. He he's a nice physical player. Did not play well against the Buffalo Bills, but he's kind of a perfect practice squad story that you want to have. But what what do you think of the safety position? Yeah, no, I think, again, I'm just going to keep echoing everything you say when um, I don't really know a lot about That's the that, new perfect. safeties this year. I, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I haven't I haven't um, been able to kind of keep up as much, I think, especially with some of the um, undrafted guys on the defense. Um, yeah. But I will say that it's tough when it's varsity against JV. <laughs> You know, with like when you have Josh Allen and yeah. all the other starters out there in the starting line. And that's what's weird, too, because Will Redman is the guy who has been sticking on the roster the last few years. And he got thrown in the IR recently. I be- I'm not sure if we cut him or not after. But it's one of those things, too, because le- like you're saying with JV versus varsity, we made that same argument with Will Redman. It's like, oh, you know, he's flashed in training camp and then he's finally playing with everyone else. And it's like, oh, he's clearly the one getting picked on. So these guys, too, it's like. Just show us something on special teams, and then, yeah, you maybe you'll get moved up to a 53-man roster. Well, and, and two, it's funny that, you know, in like, I, like logically, like when we're talking about logic and emotion, it was uh, like yes. logically yesterday, I was like, okay, yeah, like they, you know, are our third and second round guys, yep. or second team guys, yep, not yep. round guys, um, that are getting like carved up by Josh Allen, but then like, inside of me somewhere deep down i'm just like every time i see a third down and they're like playing a little off or you know and then getting getting picked on and or he's like running for i'm just like getting ptsd (laughs) you know and i'm just like thinking back to every defensive play from the last two years that has like built up inside of me yeah and so yeah i mean but to be fair like they didn't look that bad against a really really good offense as bad as they looked yesterday and they did really get torn apart especially Yadam that first series I believe he let up like 60 yards himself in there in that series but at the same time going into halftime we were down I believe 14 nothing in a preseason game where it was literally our backups against the like you said varsity team for the Bills so that was that was nice to see well and Yadam just got here right like I mean pretty much yeah he, he, I mean he's a third year player and you'd think it still comes down to you know cover the guy in front of you but yes you're you're right well and that score could have looked different if we just like converted on the one yard line yeah yeah it's it's very true it's still I mean you never want to see a zero on the scoreboard uh but yeah I think I think we're going to keep Henry Black, Vernon Scott, if he's healthy enough. And I think Upoff's going to make the roster and we'll cut gains. Upoff, I think, has just been a little bit better of a tackler, even though no one really tackled yesterday. He's a slightly better special teams player, so we'll see. Uh, Moving on to inside linebacker. This one, I think I have a bit of a different opinion than most other people. Uh, Good bets, obviously. Chris Barnes, uh, Devondre Campbell, possible cuts, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. Isaiah McDuffie was the guy to talk about on defense yesterday. He's finally healthy. The first two weeks of training camp, he was hurt, did not play. He finally had a lot of snaps, and I believe he had nine tackles, half a sack, and a tackle for loss. Just what you want to see from the inside linebacker position, and I sound like a broken record anytime I get hyped about someone at the inside linebacker position. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Desmond Bishop. Is this guy Desmond Bishop? But he seems like someone who is attacking running backs instead of letting them come to him. And 
I'll I'll say this. I think he's going to make the 53-man roster, and I think he's going to take either Oren Burks or Ty Summers' spot. I actually think he'll take Ty Summers' spot. I just There's really no upside with Ty Summers. He's a smaller guy. He's not that great at an inside linebacker position. He doesn't bring anything that Isaiah McDuffie doesn't bring. I will say prayers of gratitude if he takes Ty Summers' spot. Yeah. Yeah, and so will my indigestion. My oh, my yeah. bill each month, my tums are going to go. <laughs> my tum usage is going to go way down. Okay. And so I won't have to take the pregame tums. Okay. You know, um and maybe maybe just post game. Um Ty- but every time Ty Summers steps on the field, something in me dies. Whenever I think of Ty Summers playing defense, it's like he's looking behind him for the guy he's supposed to be covering or something. Like he's he's a good special teams player and he has looked good in spurts. But when you have you know, it's just the nature of the NFL where you get another young talented guy. You'd rather see what you have in him than Ty Summers, who you kind of know who he is as a player right now. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest here. I you know live in my aunt's and uncle's basement. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah, you might have mentioned and, that. Like they've stopped cooking me food. Uh-huh. Um, so like most of what I eat is cheap and fast food and like, I, you know, I haven't worked out in a couple months and so like, I shouldn't be saying what I'm about to say. Uh Oh, um, but I, I don't know. It's hard. Like you're watching Ty Summers and it's, it, I feel like it is just the hustle player, you know, like the, the one that's son. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, there's always the one kid on like the basketball team that's like falling down a lot and you're like. <laughs> You're like, damn, that that guy hustles, you know, yeah. and like get him out on the floor more. And then you, you realize that he's just helping the janitors at the end of the day, <laughs> wax it up. And, and so, like, that's how I feel about Ty Summers. And I know that we cut Kamal Martin, but like last year it was so hard even watching like Ty play over Kamal. Yeah. Um, and like, that's a whole nother thing. I think I'm pretty like I had such high hopes for Kamal and I haven't let that go, even if he's gone. Yeah. Um, but I, I just bye bye tie. Ooh, wow. That's that's a, I should have led with that. Yeah. Once again, most people have Ty Summers making the roster. We'll see, especially with this kind of focus on special teams. He's a good special teams player, but whatever. We'll we'll see. And I'm I'm sorry if I made it so Ty Summers will never come on this podcast. <laughs> I don't think he'd be very he, excited. He seems yeah. like a pretty boring guy. I he mean, seems like a very nice guy. He has a great smile. He might have one of the yeah, best Yeah, I mean, like, he seems like a very nice guy. It's just like, you know, I don't want a nice guy at middle linebacker. Yeah. I want someone that's Like Isaiah mean. McDuffie. Like, who, I want... Isaiah McDuffie is balding. He's a rookie. His last name is McDuffie, another incredible yeah. name. That's what you want from the inside linebacker. Well, and you know that he's balding because he's just angry all the time. Yes. And so, like, that anger is just burning off the hair. Maybe, maybe, and he keeps his hair short, too. Maybe it's the hair's getting, you know, pulled out from the helmet and leading with his head. Maybe that's what it is, something to look into. He's, he's, a, he's a headhunter tackler. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Moving on to outside linebacker. Last year, we kept five of them. Good bets. Obviously, the top three is Zedarius, Preston, and Gary. Zedarius, right now, I, so I talked about him a little bit last week. I don't think he listened to that episode, but I kind of grilled into him for wanting a new contract and stuff. I'll say this. It sounds like he does have a better gripe than what I initially thought, where the way they restructured his deal, his cap hit went up next year, where it's looking like we're going to have to cut Zedarius or rework his contract one way or another. So that's why he was pissed off. So we'll see. The biggest thing with him, too, that people are worried about is his back injury. He still hasn't played. He only practiced one day. So don't be shocked if he gets 
thrown on if he makes the roster and it's thrown on the IR and is out the first three games right off the bat. So we'll we'll see that on Tuesday. But rolling along there, the possible cuts the other guys: Jonathan Garvin, Delonte Scott, Chauncey Rivers, and Tippa Galeo. Those are the other outside linebackers. I think Jonathan Garvin is the guy for sure that'll make it. He's the most talented, it seems like. Uh, Mike Smith, outside linebacker coaches, talked him up like he has everyone else at the outside linebacker position, but he said that he's uh, the smartest guy in the room, which is nice. Uh, he knows the defense better than anyone else, which is kind of surprising to hear. So I think I wonder he'll make how it. Rashawn Gary feels about that. Yeah, well, I mean, Mike, Mike Smith, he, you got to. It's you got you have to have a quick memory with him because he literally talks up everyone else. You, hearing him talk, you think we have the best outside linebacker room in the league, and we actually might with the top three guys. That yeah, we I have, mean, we, it's not it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Well, the guys but, after after Garvin are really fall off, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I was just gonna say that I you know to your point, I think Garvin seems like the clear front runner, um, and and. You know, and we draft. Did we draft him last year? Yes. Yeah. So he's kind of been one that we've like developed, and he he played a little last year and had some flashes. Right? Yeah. It's it's one of those things too. It's you you get these positions like running back and outside linebacker where if they only play in small spurts, they're usually they usually play really well, and then you're like, oh my god, this guy has a five yards per carry average, or oh my god, this guy pressures on 30% of his snaps and that's kind of where he's fallen into so we'll see especially if Z is banged up and Garvin is rotated in more than he was last year we'll have a better idea of who he is as a player after that the other guys I think it just comes down to special teams and it seems like Tipigaleo might be the guy to make the roster because of that but once again with those other guys too whoever we cut is probably going to make it on the on the practice squad yeah and I mean Tipa another strong name so you have to take that into account um and it's a name that you've seen everywhere on social media too like and that's how you know it's like really strong during training camp (laughs) is when it like the name gains a following um, one thing that we haven't talked about and not to go off on a tangent, I will make it quick, <laughs> but like, I'm really questioning, I don't know what I'm questioning, like the leadership in the, you know, outside linebacker room, whether it is like uh, Mike Smith or, or if it is like Zadarius and Preston, yeah. but like someone needs to really get on Rashawn Gary with the whole Bane Gary thing, <laughs> because, because like, I love Rashawn and like, I know how much he's tried to make it work, <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, yeah. I don't think anyone's catching on to it. And like, I get that he probably was a kid when Bane, like that movie came out and Bane yep. was like really cool. But like, I, I don't know. I don't, that's, I just think that like, I'm just going to plea like maybe that we trademark something else. And because like you could, there's a lot of great names. I think you yeah. could make with Rashawn Gary. And Bane doesn't like. There's nothing that rhymes. <laughs> no, like it just it, put, it doesn't make any sense. It makes very little sense. There's nothing. There's no seamless thing to see why he did it. And going into his third year, it sucks because yeah, it's when you're building a brand for that long, you can't really just throw it away. But it does not. It I I don't get it. If he if he comes out and has like a double digit sack season, and then all you see is him posting pictures of him wearing like the Bane mask, yeah. maybe it works. But God, there's got to be a better yeah. one out there. Like, also maybe just the hashtag should just be Bane and not like Bane Gary. Yeah. Because there's something about like the word Bane next to the word Gary that just like doesn't scream <laughs> no, menacing. It's very clunky. We're just like it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. I and I've thought of it before too, and I don't know if there maybe there's some negative connotations behind this, but like, can't you just be like scary Gary? That rhymes. It's kind of it's kind of stupid. It's kind of dad jokey, but. 
It's better well, than Bane. It's probably too close to Scary Terry, uh, which is already like so trademarked out in Boston. Okay, and you know how Boston boys get. Okay, that okay, that makes sense. That's fair. Okay, well, moving on to the defensive line. Um, overall, I, I feel much better about this group than I have over the last few years. We have it feels like we have actual depth, especially if Kingsley Kiki can stay healthy. Just going along with the names here, uh, Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry, and TJ Slayton are all the guys who are probably going to make it. Possible cuts, Jack Heflin, Tyler Lancaster, and Willington uh, Prevalin. This is another one of those. We thought this would be a battle, but I think Jack Heflin's all but guaranteed his spot. It looks like he's overcome Tyler Lancaster, who's also been banged up. Uh, Jack Heflin is the undrafted guy out of Iowa. Pretty cool story, too. He played at a small school. Finally got moved up uh, Iowa Brought him on last year in 2020, which is which was his dream to play for Iowa. Played in the, the six games of the reduced season, and he's looked great in training camp. For a defensive lineman in preseason to have a pass rush like he's gotten to the quarterback a couple times, it's very encouraging when that's something we haven't seen from that position. Trash can full of dirt. That's been that's been the uh, the big uh, <laughs> the big way to describe him at least today, where a scout described him as a trash can full of dirt, which is fucking that that there's few things more football than that type of description yeah it is a pretty a pretty mean and dangerous description yeah (laughs) and i uh you know i i do i really hope he makes it because he just seems so awesome yeah he's you know just an iowa most of the guys we get from iowa sans the big the big guys in the trenches from iowa have worked out for us you know uh, Brian Balaga, Mike Daniels. So hopefully he can continue that on as well. And yeah, um, hopefully Kenny Clark can stay healthy too. And Kiki as well. Dean Lowry apparently has had a good training camp. So it, I'm very excited to see the actual defense, which we have not been able to see at all. Um, obviously with 31 guys, every just about every game who haven't suited up who are healthy scratches. So should be fun to see Joe Barry with the actual talent out on the field. Moving on after that, uh, all we have left are the specialists. Crosby, so I guess we have some interesting things to talk about. <laughs> Crosby missed the pretty much an extra point yesterday, which was a 23-yard field goal, I believe. Snap was actually good. Crosby should make the roster, but at the same time, J.J. Molson has been a pretty good uh, kicker in training camp. When we cut him, he's probably going to get picked up by another team. Uh, he's, he's hit like 60-yard field goals in practice. Um so I we're probably going to stick with Crosby. Once again, that would be a really weird move to cut him. It's weird to have to think, like, what would Rodgers think if we cut him? But you have to keep that in the back of your mind. Aaron would be real mad. I think most would be mad. Yeah, I, Mo- I mean, everyone would be mad. And especially even if, like, the first game Molson misses a kick, it's like, what the hell are you doing? So I, I think we'll stick with Crosby. Moving on, J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley. You can kind of put both these guys together. I, I think we're going to be looking at the waiver wire. J.K. Scott is probably more of a is more likely to make the roster just because he holds as well. And that's kind of a tough thing to try to bring someone in week one to get that together. But Jesus Christ, Hunter Bradley, it is in practice. Literally, he had six snaps, uh, the practice before the game, three of them hit the dirt. That's so bad. We're talking about for a professional long snapper. And it's funny. Obviously we're a pro long snapping podcast with Brett good um, being on the podcast several times, but my God, it using a seventh round draft pick for him. It's, it's so questionable at this point, and I'll I'll go right into this. Uh, Hank, have you have you ever heard the tragedy of JJ Jansen? I have not, but I'm I'm interested. So this is how much of a loser I am. I've said this several times on the show. JJ um, Jansen. So he was 
First, let's talk about the long snapper position in general for the Green Bay Packers over the last couple decades. Rob Davis was the long snapper for the longest time. He retired in 2007, and he's actually he moved into the front office for the Packers when Mike McCarthy got fired and went to Dallas. Rob Davis actually went with him, and he's the assistant head coach for the Dallas Cowboys right now, which is kind of funny. So that's one of our former long snappers. After that, we moved on to J.J. Jansen in 2008. That year, that next year, he got hurt, and we, um, whatever, threw him on the eye or whatever, signed Brett Goode, who's been on the show. Well, after J.J. Jansen was healthy, we actually traded him to the Carolina Panthers for a seventh-round pick. Guess who's still in the league right now? J.J. J.J. Jansen. He's still one of the most reliable long snappers in the league, and it's one of those revisionist histories where it's like, well, I guess we wouldn't have had Brett Goode, but at the same time, if we would have just kept J.J. Jansen, we wouldn't be in this position right now, but for whatever reason, we had to go go along and use a freaking draft pick to take uh, Hunter Bradley, who is probably the worst player on the Packers currently. So are you saying that Hunter Bradley will never be invited to do an interview on this podcast? I've, I've said so many negative things, and I feel bad because I'm sure he's a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. But as a fan, it's like you got to look at what you do on the field. And he literally – he is so bad at snapping, he literally got Mason Crosby hurt in the playoffs last year. And you don't want to be lined up for a game-winning field goal and have Hunter Bradley be the guy out there when you – you're going to have to – I'm always thinking about that. Is he going to skip the ball to him? And it's one of the best things about J.K. Scott is he's 6'5", all bones, but at least he can move his arms around and pick up these snaps that are skipping off the ground. Sorry, I, got, I guess I got a little too heated there for the long snapping position. But You must wake up in the middle of the night to J- nightmares of Hunter Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Da- damn it, Hunter. Just thinking of Crosby getting smacked after J.K. throws him the ball in the playoffs. Still one of the most – ridiculous plays I can remember in Packers history. But that's all we have for the roster breakdown. Uh, the cutdowns are on Tuesday, so look for that. Once again, I don't think there's going to be any surprising cuts. It's it's just a pretty clean-cut roster with how talented it is up front. But with that, we will now have Take News. Football time. Take news all right take news for a week i've been thinking about this for for a while hank and it's just media in general a lot of people especially with the roger shit going on got on adam schefter for fake reporting and all this you know misleading and i just want to jump into that and just how that in general media and twitter it's like everything's just so freaking out of whack and everything has to be as extreme as possible now it's this, is, this might be a little too uh, macro and deep for the show, but it's like I truly believe with the <laughs> – this is way too deep – evolving of the internet and blogging and how anyone can say anything, it's in turn changed actual media and press to have to also be outrageous just to compete with clicks, with blogs and everything else, everything else and having to say outlandish things. And Adam Schefter is kind of a good example of that. Starting off, the way he reported the Rodgers stuff was a little disingenuous. Most of the things he said were true, but the way he presented them was like, you know, there was a big blow up right before the draft. Well, Adam Schefter has, I don't know what the hell he is anymore. Reporters are, you know, you kind of look at them as not a judge or lawyer, but you kind of want to take their word for most things. And now with a lot of them, we're kind of losing that confidence where... And this is what really 
fucking pissed me off more than anything else was, you know, when all the Roger stuff was going on, he was on Sports Center and he said this. This is still before Rogers came back. The Packers know that if he is not back, that they will be one of the worst teams in football. If Rodgers is back, they will be amongst the best for a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. And this is where we get into opinions. Reporters are not supposed to have opinions. And I've, I saw this last week, too, where I think Aaron, yeah, it was Aaron Nagler tweeted something like Cheesehead TV. You know, we're we're fans, but we, we admit it. And a lot of the press, you know, they could take note of that. It was something along those lines. And it's like the replies that I was seeing on Twitter a lot of people don't realize that reporters are not supposed to be fans of the team that they're covering. It's supposed to be a non-bias, just pretty much presenting the facts for everyone. And everything's starting to get fucked up with that, like I just said with Adam Schefter. There was that. He's also doing the fucking... He does the sideline stuff for the NBA. He, And then I started my fantasy football league on ESPN, and one of the first things that pop up is Adam Schefter's cheat sheet. What he gives to his family about the little ins and outs that he knows about these teams. And it's like... Everyone is turning into building a brand and being a personality. And it's like, can't we keep some things a little more simplified and just give me the basic slop and I can make my own opinions? Uh, Hank, I don't, I don't know what you think about this. Am I just, am I wrong? Am I thinking too hard about this shit? Yeah. You know, I just think that Adam Schefter is one tweet away from hashtagging Bane Schefter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so he's so deep in his brand he doesn't realize that it's a little cringe at this point yeah i mean and it it, it is it kind of is what it is it just it seems that like maybe reporting has changed in some way right like yeah. the way people yes. consume content has changed you know now it, it is kind of um i mean content isn't just yeah, it is blogs, it's um, YouTube, it's yes. it's, it's everything. Streaming, it's yeah. Twitch, like we talked Twitch. about earlier, yeah, too. Yeah, Twitch, too. And and so, I mean, I think also that, like, anyone that gains that sort of following now, like, people push, like, they want, they, like, you know, they come back for that person a lot of times, yeah. and then they end up, like, they want to hear the opinions. They, like, yeah. want to relate to them, right? Um, and then, like, then you get you know, Packers reporters on Twitter talking about which food they want. So, I mean, like, it's a slippery slope. Like, one time, you know, at one point you're talking about football, and the next point you're talking about, like, why you don't like cream cheese. (laughs) It's true. And I guess someone you could talk about that goes along with that, as far as the Packers are concerned, is Rob Domofsky. Now, Rob gets a lot of shit. He probably gets more shit than anyone else on the beat when you should probably point most of that to – Bill Michaels or uh, God, I forgot the guy who who had the comment about MVS last year who said, how can you live with him? Now, Rob isn't good, but he isn't as bad as those guys where I think Rob literally has, is just a product of his environment at this point working for ESPN where he has to sensationalize things a little bit more than he used to. Well, and like Rob is just Rob's a little spicy. Yeah. Right. Oh like, you know, like he, he he's like kind of maybe like the sassiest boy on the beat <laughs> he abs- he absolutely like, is like that would be like his introduction like <laughs> rob Damaski, sassiest boy on the beat that that is the best way to describe him because yeah. what i always go back to is um back in the day like he tweeted out that he slipped in the parking lot at the uwgb campus and he like tweeted out a picture of the ice and he said he fell on his ass and he could sue them or something and he just posted on twitter it's like dude Nobody cares. You're just coming off as, as you said, a sassy, I would say a sassy bitch. But it's like, what? 
we, you don't need to be this way all yeah. the time. Well, or sassafras. Ooh, that works too. And I guess we'll we'll dumb it down a little bit to it with Packers Twitter a little more watered down. Where it's like even with preseason, and I know we're starving for football right now, but everything is just everything is either the worst thing ever or the best thing you've ever seen. And I'll start here with Jake Morley, who I believe writes for Cheesehead TV. I believe he's one of the guys on the Pack-A-Day podcast, which you shouldn't listen to. Just listen to us. They're fine. Anyways, so he tweeted this out. And this was this was after Jordan Love's first preseason game. This is the first 17 attempts we have seen Jordan Love play professionally. Jake tweeted, Love looked poised, confident, and talented. He's going to be a good NFL QB. The question is, how good? It's like, and we've talked about it before. We, we were both pretty impressed with Jordan Love in general. But I, it's going to be a long-ass time until I'm going to say Jordan Love is going to be a good QB in the NFL. I don't know how many good QBs there are in the NFL. 20, and now you're going to say Jordan Love is one of the a good quarterback in the NFL after 17 attempts. Have we forgotten Graham Harrell and Brett Hundley, who were preseason all-stars i understand this is a little bit different like we said he played from the pocket and the arm strength and everything but can we just can we use our brains a little bit here sometimes i think for my mental health i will say that jordan love is going to be a cute good qb yeah because like if i if like at this point with the way that the world is and just you know like i'm a car wash cashier i yeah there's not there's like you know there's i only get so much out of each day yeah, no, and and that's with that's with everything. You you got to do what you can do, and I I don't. It's just you got to keep the wheels shining, and and you know one of the things that with with Jordan Love, like we like I just need that hope right now, and so like yeah, you yes. know, like I know you're a little sorely on Jake Morley, ooh, but but like maybe maybe we haven't thought like how's Jake doing, like maybe. <sighs> Maybe we just need to ask that question. Like, how's Jake doing? And like, maybe he just needs the hope of Jordan Love right now. That you're probably right. But it's just, it's with Twitter too. It's like, everything's either you're pro Rogers or you're pro Jordan Love. And I, I was tweeting uh, Jake Morley today from my personal account too, just because he was saying, oh, like Aaron Rodgers, Harrison Smith just signed this long, this new contract. He's the highest paid like safety now and he's 30 something years old. And Jake was like, well, if Rogers had it his way, we would have had a lot of similar contracts to this. So don't make fun of this contract. And it's like, no, no, this actually isn't the case. And I asked him, he couldn't give me a specific example of a player that he's talking about, but it's like, it's okay to have vague opinions on things. You don't have to be so, you know, flagging the ground on stuff. And I'll, I'll continue here with Andy Herman, who yesterday tweeted this. Once again, we've talked about uh, Kylan Hill quite a bit. And this is what uh, Andy tweeted yesterday. LaFleur is going to need to create a role for Kylan Hill in this offense if he hasn't already. Yeah, he's that good. It's like, sure, he's been great. He's looked really good in the preseason. But you know who else we have on the team? Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, MVS, A.J. Dillon, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon. Those are just some of the guys who I would think are more talented and more explo- maybe not more explosive. But we saw how long it took us to get A.J. Dillon involved last year. And now after three preseason games, Kylan looks great. But you're saying we have to change the offense a little bit to get him involved? Like, let's come. It's preseason. Let's let's 
slow our roll a little bit here. Yeah, like I think one thing is everyone forgets about that Tennessee Titan game, and then yeah. everyone forgets like AJ Dillon carrying Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. Yes, and then just not touching the ball again. Right. You know, I felt like you. I was like back asking for Aaron Jones to touch the ball. You know, in like 2017. Yeah, but. Yeah, I you know, and like Kylan Hill has looked good. It's just so reactionary and like also just like AJ Dillon is like so surprising because like he's every time he touches the ball, he like he generally's gotten like good yardage and he's done stuff and it's just like there's I don't know why there's not like the excitement around him. Um yeah. but like I'm an AJ Dillon super fan. You know, he just, like, greases my wheels. And mm-hmm. he, like, when he's just tossing guys, and he's, like, still so, like, light on his feet in this weird way. It, it's um, going to be fun to see him yeah. in a larger part of this offense. Yeah, and so, like, I just, I like, to just kind of, like, I don't know. It just seems, like, ridiculous to suggest Kylan Hill is, like, RB2 after, like, what we've seen yeah. from A.J. Dillon. And even though, like, A.J. Dillon, like, didn't, flash like super you know like he wasn't spectacular yesterday like he was still getting four or five yards on carries he's clearly a better runner between the tackles and all that and it was pretty obvious we were running the ball every time he's out there yeah so it's preseason once again it's everyone getting hyped up but it's like just because we have a new player doesn't mean he's better than the guys that we've been watching for the last few years aj Dillon, you know those guys are a little bit different but it's like Let's just slow our roll a little bit. Well, and I didn't think I'd be asking Andy Herman to start tweeting again about like how he hates maple syrup and like American cheese. But like at this point with that tweet, I was like, let's just go back to the food takes. (laughs) No, please. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't like how he's become self-aware as far as that goes through. It's like, well, at least it's not one of my food takes or one of my dad jokes. I'm like, I just, Andy, just just define (laughs) self-aware. I don't know. I, I like Andy, but it's I, just, I do everything's I, just so... Once again, it's like, all you have to do is, like, even in that previous t- tweet, it's like, just add, in the future. But you have to say something a little bit more outrageous, because that's what gets the favorites, that's what gets the retweets. Yeah, and, like, honestly, Andy, like, I love Andy's YouTube stuff. Yeah. Like, I think his YouTube content is incredible. It's just, like, sometimes people just, I don't know, censor yourself a bit. Yes, and, I mean, I'm sure we've been... We've been uh, Guilty of that as well on on Twitter as well. But moving on, uh, I I picked uh, this is a pick your own poison here, uh, Hank. Do you want to what dumb thing do you want? What dumb off season thing do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about the wave at Lambo or the NFL top one hundred? Oh, NFL top one hundred for sure. Okay, so I'll just lay this out here once again. I've I've said this before. The things you can always throw out are the things that people talk about that you shouldn't care about are draft ratings, the NFL top one hundred, and uh, power rankings. Yeah. And with, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. These are the Packers that were on the top 100 list. Darius was number 51. Jair was 41. Bakhtiari was 36, the highest rated offensive tackle. Aaron Jones, 30th. Devontae Adams, 6th. And Aaron Rodgers, 3rd. Hank, what are your thoughts on this stupid list that does not matter? Yeah, honestly, like, I Rodgers being number 3 is, is fine, right? Yeah. I, I Like, that's that's fine. Like, Aaron Donald, honestly, should be, like one every single year for sure. the next 10 years still yep. like pretty much until he's dead in the ground like he's gonna be number one yeah um even though he's number two that was just that's <laughs> the ridiculous part yeah. um and like Mahomes is obvious like how, how do you argue against that I feel like Mahomes is just younger 
it's those more things athletic. Where, like you get into tiers with people, and mm-hmm. if you get so hard in the rankings, it's like who really cares? Like you, yeah. Those three although, guys, you can really rotate them, and yeah. I don't give a shit. Although I'll say, I don't think any Kansas City fans ever watch Rodgers from like 2011 to 2000. 15 16 i don't it's just it's what flavor do you want yeah do, do you want aaron Rodgers? do you want john yeah Lally? it's, it's do you who's, want yeah, who's the cutest boy in the block you know what's the flavor that lives of the week? next to you currently yeah who you who's, know who's trending right now and mahomes has been trending the last few years more than rogers has yeah exactly exactly and yeah and like i i think the one so there's a couple things i mean one thing like i think nfl top 100 like I think Brady's son's not putting in enough work lately. Um, And, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Brady's son, like, needs to really encourage his dad more. Sure. Like, give him a couple more kisses here and there. Oh, yeah. Um, If he needs to wax up the massage table. (laughs) Um, But, like, number seven, like, that seems seems pretty low for Brady right now um, with all the Brady love that we have always seen. So, I wasn't paying attention to the NFL Top 100. Back back in the day in college, like, I – it was almost appointment viewing for me, which is just stupid because it's – I think Tom Crabtree tweeted back in the day, too. Like, he doesn't even know anyone who actually voted in those when it's supposed to be the actual NFL players. But it's when... So I didn't know where anyone was ranked aside from the Packers who I saw pop up on Twitter where they were ranked. And when I knew there was two ahead of Rodgers, I was like, is one of them Tom Brady? I really hope one of them isn't Tom Brady. Because, yes, it's always such a... You never know where to rank him because he's always so freaking yeah. high. And, and honestly, like, when I saw seven, I was like... That's was, fine. I'm yeah, fine with that. I was just like, wow, like there must be something bad going on at home right now. <laughs> like if the NFL players aren't ranking him three spots ahead of Rodgers. At, at least so, they know he's not as important as, you know, he once was. Yeah, least. yeah. Well, I mean, you throw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game um, and still win. Like you're obviously like that. Like, I mean, unmatched greatness. I, I, I hate that shit so much. I saw another stat the other day. It was something like. Kurt Cousins, when um, the defense has given up so many points, is 0-28. Tom Brady, in that same circumstance, he he won 50% of the games. It was it was some it was some wild stat like that where you only get his deep. Tom Brady's success is he's been a great quarterback, but he always has a good defense, and that's why he picked the freaking Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, know your weaknesses, right? Yeah, yeah. and like when your weakness is yourself. <laughs> then like the easiest thing to ever do is just like, I always like, what, what do I need? And it's like the best defense good, in the league, a good team and defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, the intangibles, like uh, I need all my guys to tell everyone how great of a leader I am all the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully this is the year he falls yeah. off, but my God, it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, Brady, as, as Parquette court. Yeah. Said, that, that, I, I don't even like I don't even think it matters. Like I'm broken man. Like I after seeing him throw three interceptions in the NFC championship game and still win, I just like I don't know. Part of me is conspiratory now. Like I'm you Ooh. know, I'm sitting down in in the basement and I'm I'm here and I'm wondering and I'm going into forums talking about the NFL being rigged, you know. Yeah. I'm typing 
typing up under the name like okay so you're hot. one of those people yeah yeah username hot for hank you okay know? and and like wow really yeah. narcissistic there yeah yeah well someone has to be <laughs> okay okay yeah and so like you know you just you get in these deep dives and you're like yeah maybe maybe i mean it's a good story and good stories like the nfl wants a good story well that's true and hey this might be be a good segue well i have one more thing okay okay all I want to say is that Jair being 41 and Jalen Ramsey being like whatever, like 11. Oh, that was the that difference. was that was the that was the thing that blew my mind. I I think this is going to be the year of Jair. He's gonna. Ha- he, I think we're gonna move him into that star role where he's gonna kind of play some slot, and move him closer to the line of scrimmage. I think this is the year he's gonna bust out and overtake nationally as the top corner in the league. I, I just I don't know what else he could have done last year. Pick off the ball. That's, yeah, that's I guess so. Yeah, he, he doesn't okay, pick yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. He needs a hold on the ball. That's pretty. Yeah, much it. yeah. Which he did in the NFC Championship game. Finally. But but yeah, even like seeing like Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey up there, like which obviously are great players, but like you know Jalen's just on there because like the Madden. He's, he's like, like grandfathered in. It was yeah, like Patrick like Peterson forever. Yeah, grandfathered in. It's like how Madden put him a ninety nine this year. Oh and really? Like, yeah, ninety nine. Fuck. Yeah, I, I hate Madden too. Oh, I do I too. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, it's just at this point, it feels like Jalen, Jalen Ramsey was the one that I was most angry about seeing that in relation to Jair. And Devontae did pretty okay against him too in the, uh, in the yeah, round last year. Th- no one did well against Jair. That's very, very true. Um, you did talk about there the Tom Brady conspiracy theory stuff. I, I think I'm gonna, if I can find some time, I am gonna put out a podcast by myself in the next couple of weeks, just talking about Russ Ball. I've gotten. So conspiracy theory on what this guy does behind the franchise. So look out for that in the future. But hey, that's it for this episode. We'll have another one next week sometime where we'll actually be looking forward to the season. It does suck. I almost want another preseason game because now we have an early bye week. So nothing's going on next week. But we'll we'll have that. We'll have more predictions and all that looking forward. And I've forgotten to do this the last couple episodes. So if you could please leave a review for the podcast, if you enjoyed it, you're still sticking sticking along here. Maybe you told yourself you were going to do it in the past. You know, it'll take two seconds to scroll down on iTunes. Although I think iTunes is kind of dying and Spotify has been growing, but Spotify doesn't have a rating system. But if if you're on yeah, iTunes... I, I listen on Spotify all the time. You do? Yeah. Apple's just so much easier for me. Really? Well, I like spotify is music apple is podcast so it's very easy for me to differentiate between the oh, it's two been, i've been i've been pretty heavy into the spotify podcast and it, it's like once you kind of go into it it's hard to go back to the actual like podcast okay. app yeah that makes sense but yeah if if you leave a rating we'll send you a free koozie just dm us on twitter at pmp pod or email us at pmp podcast at gmail.com and hell even if if you don't leave a rating i mean we have so many koozies now if you just want a koozie, just email or DM and I give me the address and we will just send you a free koozie. You know, it's it's we're getting excited for the season, so get excited for a stupid ass koozie that you can have your uh have keep your beer cold. But do you have something else? Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, hey, you can have your own koozie too, actually. I don't know if I've ever given you one, Ooh. Hank. No, I don't I don't think um I don't think the Hank has one. But okay. the Hank will take one. Okay. Very cool. Well, with that, uh, Hank, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No? No. No. Um, just hopefully we can get to some football here. Yeah. that's oh, we're, we're about two weeks away. But, uh, well, shoot, if we don't have anything else. Uh, Hank, well, who's a musical artist you like? 
You, you come on. You should have been prepared for this. You listened to the podcast. I should have been prepared for this. Um. It's okay. Yeah. Just. You know, I, I this is so basic, but like, Uh-oh. oh my gosh, that that uh, heat waves by glass animals this year, yeah, that, this summer. That's all I listen to right now. Okay, and well, like I, you know, Hank Hank likes what Hank likes, and I don't know when you're feeling the heat, you know, your hashtag hot for Hank. <laughs> there you go. What was the artist again? Glass animals. This is glass animals heat waves. Okay, well, with that, glass animals, please don't sue us. <laughs>